If you just uh, bear with us, we're going to play a little bit of uh, ping pong. That's okay. You can leave the ball there. I was in a suburban shopping center recently and saw all these different couples, you know, holding hands. Some were sipping lattes. Some were just kind of looking into each other's eyes. Behind, though, Lisa, the smoke in the mirrors, behind the cool outfits, I knew what was going on. They were playing relational ping pong. Most were married, so I would say they were playing marital ping pong. And basically, they were dealing with four issues, the big four that every relationship deals with. Control issues, children, sex, and work. It's that basic, it's that simple. They were going back and forth. Relational ping pong. This relationship we call marriage is a big deal. It's not just a game. It's something way bigger. If you think about marriages, the goal of marriage is for both of us to be winners in our relationship. It's not about you know uh, just hitting it back and forth and, and keeping it going. That's great, but it's about a bigger purpose. It's about honoring God. Very few people, when they approach the wedding runner, they've made all the plans and the flowers are ordered, the caterer is secure, and you have this big day. That's awesome. But we need to think beyond the big day to the big experience of, of honoring God in the totality of what our marriage is all about. Because, Lisa, we need information. We need knowledge as we many, date and as we begin yeah, this relationship. Too many people don't get information prior to the wedding runner, or they focus on things that are not really that yeah. important when it comes to the long-term goal of the relationship. I was watching YouTube last night, in fact, and, and I was watching these, these, uh, these videos. This, this one former world champion was talking about how to improve your table tennis or your ping pong skills. And he was saying that too many times we wanna use our wrist, our arms. He said that's, that's part of the game, but he said the real game is using your entire body. It's using your legs. Then he began to go through this regimen of all of these players and how much they know about the game of ping pong, the history, and then how much they, they, they practice. And, I quickly thought about our topic because, at least let's face it, when it comes to conflict in relationships, and it always gets very quiet when you talk about conflict in relationships, we all have conflict. Lisa and I have conflict. We had conflict on the way to church this morning, we'll tell you about. When it comes to conflict, we get very, very quiet. If I, if I was single or if I was a student, I would pay attention to this talk like, like I've never paid attention to anything because you need the information, you need to be well equipped before you get married. That's and, right. and, and that's just the way it works. So I, I thought about, Lisa, when it comes to relationships, we would both do a talk, we've never done this before, called Ping Pong Principles 
of relationships and marriage. It's kind of a long title, it, but I like not, it. It's not easy for me to play ping pong. Oh, oh wow! Under any circumstances, but to talk and play in front of people is even harder. But I'm going to try. Well, the first thing it when it comes to relational ping pong is <laughs> it begins. Y'all don't know how happy that makes. No, I'm serious. I didn't mean that. Yeah. From a from a non-marriage perspective, that makes me happy. It, from a marriage perspective, I'm totally heartbroken for Ed right now. It begins. <laughs> it begins with Sorry. the serve. You've got to serve. Okay. And you have to have a great serve. Oh, oh see, <laughs> just like see, that. I shouldn't have gloated. It's like to to win in ping pong or, yeah, or, or, or to be a good ping, ping pong player. And I'm not. I'm not. See, I'm not a good boom. server or returner. We have but, to be a great servant, don't we, if we're going. To, to find the right person. So for all of you who are dating or in a relationship, you're single, you're looking for that one, let me just tell you, people come up to Ed and I and they'll say, how do I know if they're the one? Let me give you the number one benchmark of that potential spouse. They serve God, period. So now if, that's not the first if, thing, that's not the first thing that attracted me to Lisa. The first thing was <laughs> then, I saw yeah. her and I, no, I, I saw that she served God. You can't let the wah, wah get in the way of the that's do right. they serve that's God. That's right. Okay? So that's, but you have to have chemistry. You have to have chemistry. But chemistry is not as important as serving God. No and, question. And that's a huge fact. So. And I saw that in your life. <laughs> Go with it. <laughs> I'm serious, and you saw it in my life. Yes. But if you're dating somebody, Lisa, and 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 you're like, well, I'm not sure if he's a believer. I'm not sure if she's a follower of Christ. If you're not sure, yeah, it's going to be. Obvious. Go to another ping pong table. It's Play ping be, pong with someone else. Get out of that life game. Life is too short to be yeah. in the ping and the pong with the wrong person. That's right, that's right. So that's the number one attribute. Make sure they're serving God in his house. This is a church. It's not just a building. This is the body of Christ. And this is where we go so wrong when thinking about marriage because it's easy to play house. It's easy just to have a live-in partner and all of those things. We're talking about something way deeper. Because when you're living with someone, you get the benefits without the commitment. Well, and I would say that when you're living with someone, you're just saying, guess what? I'm not ready for the commitment and I don't want to make a covenant before God. No. And so when you're doing that, you're shying away from this beautiful thing called marriage. So I would just say to you, when you're looking for a potential spouse, you've got to look for someone who serves in the house. This is the bride of Christ. This relationship called marriage is analogous to the relationship that God has with his children. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the second most important relationship that you will have. And everything that we do in our marriages is to honor God through this relationship. Well, think about so what serving, Jesus said. Serving God Lisa, is Jesus the first said, thing. if you want to become great, he told his disciples this and tells us this, become a servant. That's right. So, so and if it you're not, starts. If your potential spouse is not serving God, they will not serve you the way God intended them to that's serve like people say sometimes. That's why people say to me sometimes, well, he just has a little drinking problem. I'm like, girl, when you get married, 
That's right. It's going to become bigger. Well, she just has a little problem with insecurity or overspending. You get married, that expands exponentially. In marriage, here's what's so crazy about marriage. God is so good. Marriage forces us to serve. Yes. It forces us out of our unselfishness. So guys, you're going to lose. I'm, I'm, keeping, I'm keeping Ed when you in serve. mind. Ed's keeping me in mind and how we live. There's not anything that I do during the day that I don't put through a filter of how it affects Ed because I'm Thank trying you. to live unselfishly and he's the same way I try me. to do that. We both try, not perfectly. I fail many times. Not perfectly, me No, either. not perfectly. I, I no one's perfect. Too. I fail too. But it's a, it's a natural thing. It's our human thing to think about ourselves and ourselves alone. But marriage forces us to think oh. about the other person. People will always say, kids make you unselfish. Well, you've oh, missed no it way. because kids do make us, force us to be well, unselfish. Some, yeah. But marriage should first force us to be unselfish. I am unselfish for Ed. I serve God and I serve my spouse. Let's go to number two. Also, this, this second one is, is something that when we say it, you're going to go, yeah. But, it but may I want be, you, it's really deep. It may be the biggest issue that people yeah. have today. Because marriage issues, the things we're talking about, they're not some big overarching issue. Oh, let me turn this steamship. No, no, no. Usually it's the small stuff. I like to say small tweaks take your relationship to giant peaks. Number two, keep kindness in play. Ephesians 4, 32. I'll, I'll recite this while I'm playing ping pong. Oh. Uh-oh, she won that point. I'm not Be kind go. one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, ha- I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> has forgiven you. This verse So is I need verse. to forgive Lisa for embarrassing me. <laughs> this verse. On stage for just shaming me. Ed's dad. As she put that spin on the ball. I cannot put spin on a ball. It's not even going to happen. But Ed's dad gave us this verse when we, at our wedding ceremony, and we've shared it with so many, and it should be your life's passionate verse, your verse for your family. Uh, because when we think about the kindness, the gentleness that God has offered us, then we in turn should reflect that in our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our children, and our relationship with others. I was on the phone the other day and I was so nice. Hey, how you doing? What's up, man? And then I hung the phone up. Now, Lisa, wait a minute. You should have. And I'm being, I'm being more polite, more mannerly to this guy that I was talking to on the phone than I was and there have been times where, you know, I look at something that maybe Ed did and I'm going to react and be a little bit more candid. Tell about the coffee mug and the new floors because we got new floors. Yeah, candid is a nice way to say it, isn't it? I was just candid. I have no secrets, guys. No secrets. So, you know, we have hardwood floors and I have this um, almost like a extra sense about I can spot spots on the floor like if Ed has dripped anything the the wood anything being coffee because he drinks several cups a day and he'll he works in his office and he'll go back and forth from the kitchen I need to just put a coffee maker in his office that would be the solution to all that would be and so but you know I'm like you know honey you this is what I'm thinking you don't have to fill the cups so full that might be a start and secondly you know 
pay attention when you're walking from here to there. Yes. That would be another mm-hmm. candid suggestion. But, you know. And you might say something like, honey, I, I, there's coffee on the floor. Yeah, you're I not, would, I you know, respond. blah, blah, blah. Like, I, would not, I would respond. Like, See, I think those nice things in my, well, no, they're not always nice in my head. But <laughs> I would just say, Ed, can you please just go from here to there without spilling coffee? But if someone were a guest in our home, which has happened before, which has happened this. before, and they walk, you know, maybe from the kitchen to the sofa in the den, and they spill coffee, you don't and break the even break the coffee they mug. They made yes, you're and like, that's oh, it's okay, too. everything's fine. Like, I've got it. I'll clean it up. Let me it's help okay. you with that. But Ed does oh, it. Oh, we have like, many of those mugs. What are you doing? Don't <laughs> like, we do that? Like last night. Last night. I came in the kitchen and I had noticed um, that the trash was getting full, but I didn't take it out. And because you know, if there's another inch or two, you don't want to take it out yet. You've got to fill the whole can. So I got into the kitchen. I opened the drawer. And I thought about that too. I, I thought, you know what? This trash is getting full. I am going to serve you and serve our house and and take the trash out. Now I know a lot of guys just do that instinctively. But not me. I'm, I'm not as. <laughs> not Ed. So he took the trash out and I opened the, the um, trash door. And the first thing I thought of was not he took the trash out. The first thing I thought of was he didn't put the bag back. I totally forgot. My... Now, wait a minute. Just to let you know, I make it easy. I put several bags in the bottom of the can and then put a bag over for the trash so that when you take the trash out, I mean, it is right there. So easy. Guilty. (laughs) But last night, (laughs) maybe because I knew we were speaking on marital conflict and ping pong today, I just said, oh, he took the trash out. That was nice. And I didn't respond in the bad way. No, you didn't. I didn't. I was like, you didn't. You were great. That's so good. Okay. So speaking of that. Something else. Okay. When we get, when we're we're married, if you think about it, at least I've been married for 37 years. We have four kids, two grandkids and two grandkids on the way. We know a lot about marriage. We've written about it extensively. We've lectured all around the world about this topic, but let me tell you, we don't have a perfect marriage. I'm not talking, or we're not talking. Yeah, we're not talking down to you. We're coming alongside you. We do know a lot, though, about marriage. We've interviewed and talked to a lot of people about the subject. So, this this next one is 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 big because when it comes to marriage, if you think about it, we have collected a bunch of information about each other in our iClouds. Vulnerabilities, strengths, weaknesses. Are you? Are you? I mean, we've got 40, yeah. 44 years almost. And so, so what'll happen is if Lisa serves up maybe a softball, and and I want to slam her because I shouldn't spin or slam anything, I'll just borrow and download some stuff that I've collected on my and in my iCloud, and I'll take it. <laughs> oh, sorry. So number and, three and I is can a, slam her, right? Num- because num- I know all of this stuff. So I use that sacred information in a sinister way. Yeah. And, and of course, 
women don't slam as much. They, they tend to spin. 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 So number three is avoid spins. And slams. And slams. When, women okay. can spin it, So how do we it, spin they? it? Okay, uh, women are more emotional and we take information that's in this cloud and if we've been hurt in any way or offended. And it can turn into a tornado, that cloud. Yeah, very quickly. This is my illustration. You stay with the slam. So, <laughs> but we can meet with a girlfriend, have lunch with a coworker, and we start spinning with that emotional spin information that is sacred. The vulnerabilities that Ed shares with me, the vulnerabilities that I share with Ed are a very precious thing. They're not given and exchanged as artillery to take out someone or to take out him. And if you use it as such, it brings about collateral damage. Yeah, you can't keep score. You can't, and you can't keep score. Right. So the spins and the slams work against you because whatever Ed is serving to me, it I'm comes putting back. it right back. And Whatever so you put over the if net. If you put slams across, comes you're back. getting slammed. And it does not work for the relationship. Does that make sense? Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I want to be very protective of Ed. And Ed needs to be very protective of me. We are supporting each other. Whenever I tear Ed down, really, I'm tearing myself down. That's why, um, Ed, are you Yeah, here? we have this available at all of our locations. This is um, our favorite book we've written on marriage. It's in Literally. its, I don't know how many printings, but um, it's only $10, hardback, The Marriage Mirror. And here's the premise of this book. When I look into Lisa's eyes reflected back as who I really am, when she looks into my eyes reflected back as who she really is. When people go through marital mayhem or divorce, it's not about the other person, although we want to blame, she didn't fulfill my needs or he's an idiot or whatever. whatever. Okay, that's not the deal. The deal is you don't like yourself. You don't like what you see reflected back. So you say, you know what? I'm going to go to another game, pick up another paddle, and find another ping pong table. But after a while, after the shine wears off, maybe, ladies, you trade him in for a richer model. Maybe, guys, you trade her in for a younger model. You're going to face the music. Work at the game in front of you. If this is your second marriage, work on that game. Your first marriage, stay yeah. in that marriage. So I would challenge you just to invest, you know, a little bit in in marriage. Okay, so Ed, the next one is play on your side of the table. What happens Whoa. if See, what happens if yeah, you don't stay? Well, stay, on, stay your on your side of the table, right? Or or yeah, play on your side of the table. Play. Play on your side. So of the if table. I Oh because you know I, <laughs> I have some leadership gifts and I, I like to control things and so I'll just kinda come over to Lisa's side and maybe begin to critique her in love. Control her in love. Yeah, and there's a fine line between critique and criticism. Oof. You know? Are you feeling Are me? you feeling this? Criticism tears things down. Critiques builds things up. So be careful with your words and that control, because if it's a controlling thing, it's definitely a critical thing, right? Well, and then sometimes, too, let's not just yeah. hammer the guys. You, Yeah. And I can come over here, because, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, 
My, I grew up with a dad who fixed things all the time. He could build things in his sleep. He was kind of an architect. And I'll think, you know, Ed needs to be more like that. And I imposed that upon him. Rather than seeing the unique gifts and qualities that God has given Ed and celebrating those things. So be careful of coming onto the other side of the table and trying to control. Yeah, celebrate your differences. It doesn't mean you're not going to change. No. Listen, the things that Ed and I disagreed about 38 years ago this June are the same things that we disagree now. Yes. They are reoccurring issues. Jay-Z and Beyonce, they have the same issues you do and I do. They're just more zeros behind it, you know? (laughs) Whoever, whoever, A-lister, we all deal with the same crap and the same beautiful stuff. It, It doesn't matter. I'll say it again, that's something I will tell you. I've had the opportunity to talk to people on welfare about marital mayhem. I've had the opportunity to talk to billionaires about marital mayhem. You cut through all of the stuff, it's the same stuff. So it's not. And successful marriages can negotiate and keep the rally going. Because you won't fix those things. You're not, the, the, there are certain things you will not fix. You navigate and negotiate around them. Jesus so, said, Lisa, in Matthew 7, that he goes, what are you doing? You're, you're picking out the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, your sister's eye, your spouse's eye, yeah. and you've got a ping pong battle in yours. That's good. I mean, That's that good. was Hebrew humor. I'm serious. That's hilarious. So here's another one, Ed. Okay. What is it? Don't keep score. What? Don't keep score. I can't hear that. Don't keep score. Don't keep score, no. Oh, I'm good at keeping score. Do you know that? You are. um, You know, oh, shoot. One to nothing. Okay. (laughs) One to nothing. The origin of of ping pong, you see, I, I find this fascinating. While Ed was watching YouTube videos on how to, you know, really hit the ball well, I looked up the history of ping pong because ping pong started as table tennis because it was cold and rainy and you couldn't play tennis outside. So the Brits came up with the idea, oh, well, let's just play on the dining room table. So it table. started in Europe. So it started in Europe. So they put, table they, put, they, put, <laughs> they put books across for the net and they used the tops of cigar boxes as the paddle. And then they, I don't know what the ball was necessarily, but eventually they changed to the light ball, the Mm -hmm. ping pong ball that's a lot more delicate and hit it. And you know what? Relationships, marriage is delicate. Like this ping pong ball. That's right. But originally they did not keep score. They didn't keep score. Why? They wanted people to enjoy the game. It wasn't about winners and losers. Enjoy it. And I said earlier, Lisa, now I wonder, uh, kind of bring this up again. Guys, we're going to have to lose as men in the relationship. I'm not talking about lose the way you're thinking about losing. Jesus said, let me quote him again, if you want to become great, become a servant. When Jesus was dying on the cross for our sins, a lot of people thought, oh, that's an L. He's a loser. He was winning, died on the cross, was buried, rose again. That's the win. So many times in our culture, oh, Ed, you're a loser. Oh, you're a loser. No, we're not. We understand that we are the initiator 
we understand that we represent Jesus loving our wives as Christ loved the church. We understand that as we serve her, as we lose ourselves, it's good. what happens? Then we have control because God is controlling and calling the shots in our lives. So Jesus good. said, if you lose your life, you gain it. You'll gain it. You'll find it. That's right. It's the upside down kingdom. It is. But thinking about keeping score, yeah. I have a tendency to remember things. I have a great memory. I remember. Oh, about conflict. Conflict. I forget. Oh, yeah. I remember things. I'm ready to reconcile. Things, things that maybe. What'd you say? I'm ready to reconcile. Oh, I yeah. mess up. Will you forgive me? Yes. Let's go to bed. For her, not so fast, big boy. <laughs> Let the things of the past be in the past. And many people come into a session like this and you're like, wait a minute, you just don't know the pain, the That's betrayal right. that I've experienced. And, and I don't, and it, but God does. And the plan of salvation is that God took the pain and, and the difficulties and the sin and the shame of the past and he spilled his blood so that it could be forgiven and reconciled so that we could have a relationship with God. And if he did that for us, then that's what our path should look like. So whatever pain that you've gone through, start today with the practices that God wants you to have so that you can move into the future and have a successful relationship, a successful marriage. Our, our friend too, Lisa, Dr. Litchie, and we've talked to him about our marriage and our family. I highly recommend biblical counseling. Dr. Litchie has shared with us several things that will guarantee, guarantee successful yeah, well, marriages. He says, and he has over 41,000 hours of clinical study on married couples. 41,000 And he said hours. he has not seen anyone who did this not make it in their relationship. So yeah. I'm gonna give you all three. And, and students, and listen we'll, to us, please, okay. I beg you. Listen to your preacher. Let me, listen let me give to your all preacher. three and then we'll break them down, okay? Play together, lay together, pray together, and you'll stay together. Amen. Okay? Play together, If it rhymes, together, it's anointed. Pray together and stay together. Okay, play. Ed and I enjoy going out to eat, trying new restaurants. We work out together. Sometimes we fish together. Sometimes Ed will go thrifting. No, I almost thought, it's not me. like every time I go fishing, Lisa comes along. No, Sometimes no, 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 oh, no, no. oh, he always invites her fishing, honey. Can I go? No, that's not necessarily. Yeah, now and then. Now but and she then. enjoys it. And I honestly, I don't want Ed with me thrifting because he's She be likes going, thrifting and, and she goes to places I wouldn't go. In fact, Lisa loves to sell stuff, buy and sell stuff. And I don't she'll sell drive as across much as town buy. sometimes to, to sell something for $25. I'm like, Lisa, I'm not going to do that. But I, I'm worried that you're going by yourself. Sometimes I'll go, I'll go along. Who knows where you're going? But she enjoys that, I don't. She enjoys garage sales, I don't like them, but that's a whole nother argument, a whole nother, <laughs> I mean, a whole nother subject. <laughs> so, But find, I do go thrifting some, I, yes, I go to some so of those stores, find, I do. Find that thing that you enjoy together Ooh. because play 
brings about a change in your thinking, a change in your anxiety levels, a change in your uh, mental chemistry. We like animals a lot together. There's a lot of stuff we like to do together. That segues into the lay together. So play together and lay Lay together. together. And that's... Okay, what do you do? I mean, like many times, like I'm not in the mood, you are. What... Not tonight, I have a headache. Now that's a serious issue that I wanna bring up here. So, yeah. so, no seriously though, Lisa, what happens, what happens like when we're not equally in the mood? Now, sometimes you'll be equally in the mood. And some of the singles and students are like, whoa, well, no, not me. Trust me. Now I understand if you go to Port of IR on some getaway, just you and your spouse without the kids, without the kids, remember kids, keeping intimacy at a distance successfully. Kids, if you, that's right, if you go like to some resort or a cruise, just you and your spouse, I understand you both are gonna wanna do it and you both are in the mood. I'm saying day in and day out, when you're just pinging and ponging, Sometimes once someone wants to ping and the other one does not want to pong. Okay? So So if that happens, Lisa, we have the 24-hour rule. We'll go, you know, no. We'll go no with a caveat, no tomorrow morning or no tomorrow evening. That's that's very very important, but you're never going to be or rarely, I should say never equally in the mood. Yeah. But the that needs to be addressed. But, because the, but, the, but the overarching fact is that intimacy in marriage is way more than a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. It it's is. It's an emotional thing. It's way bigger That's than why what pray we together. credit to. Huh? That's why we said pray together. That's right. So intimacy, we should count it a privilege to be able to fulfill our spouse's needs. We should count it a privilege that we're the chosen one to do that. And whenever we get that out of kilter, we're setting ourselves up for marital failure. So always remember that it's a privilege. And then the final thing is to pray together. Spiritual leadership is important to be demonstrated between a husband and wife, and the, the husband should lead out in this. Too often, the husbands don't lead out, so the wife picks up the, the, the mantle and starts running with it. She's the one. And honey, in almost every it. church here, and all the churches that, that we've spoken in over the last, let's say, 20 years, where we traveled here domestically and internationally, there are usually more women that go to church than men in almost every single church because of what she's saying. Yeah, and the word husband is house banned. You are the ones who are responsible for banding your house together in the leadership of God. So pray with your spouse, pray with your children, pray about your kid's salvation, pray about practical things that may seem silly to you, but they're huge. Your child sleeping through the night, potty training. Amen. I mean, there's schoolwork. Mm-hmm. Pray for you and your spouse's careers. Whatever it is, just bring it to God because you're not only showing that you as a husband and a wife have God at the center of your relationship, but you're teaching your children that your family is God-centric. God-centric. We live under the authority of God. And I can tell you, without hesitation. 
Ed and I don't have a perfect marriage. We are two individuals who mess up and, and fail, but we, being committed to God, God has taken us and led us in a relationship that we could never have dreamed possible. And we actually get to have fun in this game called ping pong, because when you do it God's way, it works. The bottom line is, of all of this, the ball is in your court. It really is. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, rose again, and he says, okay, the ball's in your court. You either receive me, forgiveness, grace, you're reconciled to God through what Jesus did, and that plays out in your marriage, your child rearing, your career, etc., or you don't. Remember, though, it's about Jesus and about his grace and his love for you and for me.